This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, September 25th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. The search for a new head of the Federal Reserve is a daunting task, but Fed chairs weren't always insiders with long experience in government. Mark Calabria, Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute, evaluates a leading candidate for Fed chair, Janet Yellen. Currently, Janet Yellen is an economist who serves as the vice chairman of the Federal Reserve. Um, she's actually a longtime institutionalist with the Fed. She started her career in 1977 as a staff economist at the Fed. Uh, before coming to the Federal Reserve Board in 2010, she also served at these, as the president of the San Francisco Federal Reserve. Uh, in between that time, she served as a, on the Council of Economic Advisors under President Clinton uh, and also was a longtime university professor before then. So um, she is an economist, um, well thought of within the profession, certainly well within the sort of new Keynesian mainstream. Choosing a uh, person to head the Federal Reserve just always seems like an impossible task. It certainly it, – I mean it depends on one's objectives and of course there are competing objectives and you know, I'll also note it's a relatively modern phenomenon. This actually started under, under Kennedy uh, where his CEA chair at the time, Walter Heller, really decided that he wanted to reshape the Federal Reserve and push it in a more academic. And of course, during that time, academic was sort of synonymous with Keynesian. Um, prior to Kennedy, most of the Federal Reserve, not only chair and board members, were you know, bankers or local, you know, industrialists. Uh, you'd occasionally have one or two economists, maybe. But really, pre-60s, it was unheard of to have a Federal Reserve dominated by economist. That, that just was unusual. Uh, and interestingly enough, you know, Section 10 of the Federal Reserve Act lays out a bunch of stipula- uh, several stipulations for who can serve on the board. Academics and economists is not listed among them, <laughs> you know, but but it says do you know do representation to agriculture, commerce, industry. Um, so all that said, it's important to keep in mind that the conduct of monetary policy, the setting of interest rates, has a very big impact on several sectors of the economy. And of course, it's also viewed rightly or wrongly as a major tool of macroeconomic stabilization. And so in some sense, on one hand, you know, and I say this as a former staffer of the Senate Banking Committee who worked on nominations to the Federal Reserve, on one hand, it's surprising how little scrutiny they've gotten in the past. You can certainly argue that the chair of the Federal Reserve, and this is of course accepting it's a chair of a board. They're not a dictator. They're not, they're not a czar. They have to reach consensus. They have to you know, herd cats, if you will. Um, accepting that, the chair of the Federal Reserve is certainly just as powerful as your typical Supreme Court justice and, and arguably is powerful if not par- more powerful than the, than the chief justice of the Supreme Court. Yet historically, they've gotten very, very little scrutiny um, and almost no real discussion in the Senate. Um, but partly it's been because you had this uh, – fact is you had a, a, essentially a neo-Keynesian consensus both among Republicans and Democrats. You know, every president – you know, and, and again, you can go back and look at you know, Kennedy – I mean Nixon's interactions uh, with Arthur Burns, the, his, his former CEA chair and then Fed chairman at the time, you know, which many people point to as the worst example of lack of independence between the, between the Fed and the executive branch. Every president, regardless of their political persuasion, seems to think that a little loose money before their reelection is a good thing. And, and again, so it really is, um, you know, all politicians tend to be short run oriented, uh, regardless of their party. 
And so these um, similarities have made it that you tend to have Federal Reserve chairs picked that are establishment characters. You really rarely ever, even Volcker was, you know, former Treasury Undersecretary, New York Fed President. The guy was an institutionalist of the Fed. Now, of course, he surprisingly made a lot of changes for somebody who was uh, very at home in that institution. And so it's quite unusual. And of course, on the other hand, you know, people forget that uh, Jimmy Carter had appointed a gentleman, a uh, businessman named Miller, who lasted for about a year because he was just an absolute disaster and was not an economist, completely from outside that framework. So one of the reasons that we see such a narrow range of candidates is because of the risk aversion, I think, of Washington. Um, and Janet Yellen fits well within that. If you think that the Federal Reserve has by and large been doing a good job, she's a choice for you. <laughs> no, no, no doubt about it. There have been dramatic changes to the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve uh, in the past four years, uh, given the fact that she's been so institutionalized for, the, for that time period. Does that say anything to you about uh, whether or not she is a good choice? It, it says a lot to me. Um, and again, a lot of it comes down to how do you feel about the performance of the Fed? And we can come back to this in a minute too. Um, certainly her performance as San Francisco Fed president, and again, um, the San Francisco district includes not only California, but you know Arizona and Nevada and a few other states that were ground zero for the housing crisis. And she was uh, chair of that from 2005 to 2010, ran the San Francisco Fed, so as the bubble was developing. But back to the, the issue at hand in terms of since 2010 are certainly the actions uh, of the Federal Reserve during the financial crisis. She certainly seems to be supportive of all of it. Uh, and she's certainly been very supportive of Bernanke. One gets the impression that if anything, she thinks that Bernanke's not been aggressive enough. Um, certainly her own work, uh, sh her per many of her publications academically have been labor market oriented. Um, questions about labor rigidities, wage rigidities. And so she certainly is looked at as someone who's not necessarily an expert in monetary policy but really is a labor economist. Uh, and if you're – if you buy into, well, you know, we need to, you know, inflate to make, you know, the labor market more liquid and, and bring jobs back that way. So if you, if you buy that the Fed um, is an effective tool for increasing employment, then she's also sort of your choice. If you are concerned that we're going to relive the 70s uh, and have sort of stagflation as the result, um, then it doesn't really seem like that she's learned a lot from that, which I think is particularly interesting because she started her career in the late 70s at the Fed. So on one hand, she's certainly very aware of the failures of the Fed in the 60s and 70s. You, know, you, you could have not come out of grad school, come into that time. She's not of the generation that you know went to grad school, you know, post World War II and embraced Keynesianism, you know, you know, full throttle. She's of the generation that came 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 the time when much of economics was looked at in terms of macroeconomics as a failure. You know, certainly the late seventies, it was, hey, maybe everything we thought we knew is not the case, um, and so I do think that there's an underlying possibility that she will surprise us with recognizing the boundaries of the Fed. That said, um, I think she certainly buys into this employment inflation trade-off uh, and will certainly um, you know, keep her foot on the pedal a lot longer than she should. And you know, part of the reason we're even talking about this, of course, is that Larry Summers has 
with with John his name from the running. And despite a lot of the consternation, the policy differences between Summers and Yellen were quite minor. I mean, they were both establishment, New Keynesian. You know, the difference would have been you know three or four months in terms of who would have started tapering, but they still would have both kept their foot on the gas for a very long time, longer than than really makes sense to me. Um, so I think she is a. You know, I'm hesitant to say horrible, but she wouldn't be my choice uh, for the Federal Reserve. But it's also keeping in mind that I imagine the overlap between my choices and President Obama's choices might be a null set. Mark Calabria is Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.